Ladies and gentlemen, guys and gals, non-binary pals, and the technical or rainbow in between, this is Modular Media Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Boyle Ryder Gassman, and with me, as always, is my tag team partner. <laughs> couldn't... Hi, I'm back. I couldn't say it better myself. <laughs> oh, boy. So, how was your weekend wrestling? I mean, it was okay. Keyword being was. Oh, yeah. I think we should just rip the band-aid off and start talking about it. Today was a black day for wrestling employment, uh, so to speak. Um, And see, here's the thing. I thought we were going to do this whole big bit where the entire episode, we weren't going to talk about it, talk about them in any way so ever, and at the end we go, oh shit, we forgot. So WWE had their biggest show of the year. WrestleMania. Um, I'm I'm, I'm not even going to hide it. I did cave. I did watch the first, uh, I want to say, hour of this show. Um, Just out of pure curiosity for what the crowd events were what the crowd reaction was going to be like. And then I ended up spending most of the bit of it that I watched laughing my ass off at the rain delays. Oh, we'll um, get, we'll bring that back up in just a second. Yeah. And also just enjoying the rain delays because it led to them doing a bunch of unscripted promos to um, stall for time. And it's like, wow, this is probably the first and last time in a long time that there's unscripted promos on a major WWE show. Yeah, I didn't watch any WrestleMania. I've seen pics. I've seen the one video clip that I think is uh, necessary YouTube watching now, where uh, Logan Paul gets stunnered. I didn't watch that. That was night two. I didn't watch any night two. I, I watched cl- up until the end of the Drew and Bobby match. I posted the clip on uh, the the wrestling board on my uh, Discord server. So, mm. but it, it's just, it's literally he just gets stunned by Kevin Owens, and that's fun. Sick. Um, I did also. Uh, I saw a bunch of like gifs. I I haven't actually sat down and watched it, but I did see a bunch of gifs and stuff out of the uh, Bad Bunny match, and that looks like it was incredible for the expectations everybody had for it. Yeah, and apparently he signed now, so... Yeah. I mean, hey, fucking respect to the dude. Yeah. Um, And, uh... The, uh... Well, I haven't watched it. I'm probably not going to, but, like... Seeing the few screen caps I did and hearing all the recaps I have of the Bray Wyatt match made me so sad. Is it, oh, it was a it was borderline a squash match in Randy Orton's favor. Also, Alexa Bliss is apparently spun off into her own character now. She had her and Bray had their own segments on Raw, and they might be feuding now. Also, Alexa has her own puppet now. It's, oh, it's not great. It's bad. They've, 
I'm gonna go ahead and, and call it. They've ruined the fiend. There, there's no way you can rebuild the character. Like there might have been a little way you could have salvaged this Orton feud if you had had a Firefly Fun match, a Firefly Funhouse match at Mania. But with with everything they've done to him during the Orton feud and the direction they're going in now, I'm just like, there's no point in watching for this character or hoping they'll figure out this character again. Yeah. There was definitely a shark underneath that ring, apparently. Yeah. But uh, unsurprisingly, because WWE normally does this every year, uh, we just didn't expect we didn't think they'd be this callous again. Um. Normally, uh, after WrestleMania, they let go of people that they go, you know what? We don't have anything for you. You're kind of dead weight. We don't see any purpose for you being here. But it's normally one or two. Yeah. This was like ten. Uh, Let me just go ahead and count here. One. No, I remember because I saw it was a trending topic on Twitter. Eleven people. Oof. And here's the thing. We're still in the tail end of this pandemic. Mm -hmm. They didn't do this last year. Things will probably be op- all opened up again by August, but, like, this is a straight repeat of Black Wednesday, a year to the day after Black Wednesday. Right. So let's go with... And uh, uh, let me let me just, uh, before we actually go into the list, let me just let everybody know the, the, the amazing way I found out about this. So, uh, I was trying to finish this job that I kept getting pulled off of to do other things at work all day. And this is like the fifth time I've been pulled off of it and gone and gone to get back on it. And I, and I get like one little bit of it done. And then all of a sudden my bladder just hits me like a ton of bricks and I'm like, okay, fine. I'll go to the bathroom. So I go to the bathroom. I sit down and take a shit. I open up Twitter. My entire timeline is on fire. And that's when I sent the first few tweets to your wrestling chat. Yeah. Um, I then went to talk to my boss and the guy who replaced me at my old job, which is next door to my current job. And they were both just like, what the, f- how, what, huh? And echoed some of the sentiments I think we're about to go into. Uh, so I think we should go backwards because you did put the most surprising ones first. So let's go backwards. Mm-hmm. Tucker. I can understand it. They saw more value in in uh, Dozovich. Yeah, they broke up heavy machinery only to take the take the briefcase away from Otis and then do almost nothing with him. He's in a new tag team with what's his face, the Olympic gold medalist, uh, Chad Gable. Yeah, and that's apparently going nowhere. I haven't heard anything about it in a couple weeks. Uh, but Tucker just disappeared. He had a heel gimmick for a little bit, and now he's just gone. They released him, and uh, his reaction was on, on Twitter. He tweeted, he cannot wait to tell his story. So I hope we get a very fiery interview out of him, because yeah. I feel like he's kind of owed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially because of the what, what they gave him character-wise. They gave him nothing. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you go back and watch some of those early NXT promos with him and Otis... Him being the straight man is what makes Otis's insane wackiness work as a gimmick. He was David Spade to Otis's uh, Chris Farley. 
better. He was Alex Reynolds to John Silver. It's very similar setup, and everybody loves Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Mm-hmm. I, Imagine I, I contend ima- that Alex Reynolds, Loki, is the only reason John Silver is over as he is because he is such a simple character that John could bounce off of. Yeah, he just stands there and goes, "Yeah, okay, John. All right, that does make sense. All right." Okay, I guess we're doing that. It also doesn't hurt that he reminds me of Trent Reznor from early Nine Inch Nails. That's true. Have you seen their new shirt, Hungy and Handsome? I can dig it. I can dig that. Yeah. I can dig that uh, tagline for them. But yeah, no. Again, it's the same story we say about a lot of different wrestlers in WWE. They had a lot of potential. There's a lot of things you can do with them. They got mismanaged. Uh, the yeah. next one, I think, the next one uh, it doesn't seem too, too unreasonable why it happened due to the fact that her husband also was released, Chelsea Green. But it does because... I mean... They've set... No, 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 no. Let me finish. They have set her up multiple times for big pushes. They put her next to Charlotte. They clearly saw something in her. To the point of where she is getting, she is still scheduled to have her first WWE action figure come out this summer based on the match where she got that wrist injury. We haven't even seen in-hand photos of it yet. It's still a render. And Mattel's not going to cancel it because they don't cancel stuff unless it's flat out a, a big break like something like Sting. They're, they were able to get the Cardona and Myers figures out with uh, that Edgehead Spang. This is still coming out. And like, uh, same thing with Mike Bennett uh, or uh, Mike Canellas as he was known in WWE. He had a figure coming out, came out literally a month after he was released. Yeah, Chelsea's is probably going to be a little longer, but it's, it is just mind-boggling to me that they're releasing her when they were starting to put so many assets into her, uh, for lack of a better term. Um... And now she's back on the indies, and she's already she's already selling hot mess T-shirts again. Good for her. I hope she shows up at Impact. Yeah, I was gonna say Rebellion, but that's like in two weeks, so she won't be there. Because uh, hey, everybody, mark your calendars. July fourteenth gonna be a hell of a Wednesday. Oh, very much so. But I definitely see her going back to Impact because she did was an Impact. Her husband's currently in Impact. It makes a lot of sense. It's a more comfortable place. And it, I can just see that happening. By the way, just to fact check you before the comments do, fiance. Fiance? They were supposed to get married last year and they had to cancel it due to the pandemic. Right. They're married in spirit. Yeah. They're probably common law married at this point. They've been living together for like three or four years. I think it takes like seven for that. Oh, okay. At least maybe. I don't know. It may be different. I haven't looked it up. Uh, then there's Wesley Blake. I don't remember this person. He is one of the Forgotten Sons. Oh. Not not the racist one. Right, not the racist one. Who's the leader and currently on the main roster? Apparently, he. They're still trying. They're still trying to come up with a new gimmick for him. Uh, whereas this guy, they threw him with Baron Corbin for like two weeks, and then they were like, "Oh, this isn't working. Go back to catering." Okay, you're fired. Like, I don't even think this guy was in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal Royal Rumble, the Jumble Tumble. Yep. 
I don't have I don't remember much about him. I like I don't remember much about him either, but I was one of the five people who actually liked the Forgotten Sons before we found out one of them was a racist. Um also and, cute, no, also COVID denier. Oh yeah. Uh and like I don't know. I, I, I really feel for this guy because he basically got screwed because a guy who he was just put together with turned out to be not popular on social media, to put it in WWE terms. Right. Uh, next one's Bo Dallas. I can understand why he's released. He hasn't been doing things. He, I, he hasn't been on TV for like a year, has he? Like, here's the thing with Bo. It's, it's kind of a slap in the face. But from a fan's perspective, it's like you were expecting this because according to backstage sources, he was actually in the process of getting ready to retire. Like he was gonna just, he was, he had, he had like literally had talks with Vince and people about like, I want to do some producing and whatnot, but when my contract's up, I think I'm just going to retire and go do something else with my life. Um, which, okay, fine. If if you're ending your career on your own terms, that's great. But then WWE turning around and doing that to him, like, ugh, I would never come back to go in the Hall of Fame if I was him. And you're probably not gonna, uh, even though he's the first NXT champion. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of insane. Like, he's he's Bray Wyatt's brother. They're both the sons of IRS. And, like, he had... He had a gimmick that people really liked in the Bo-Leave gimmick. Like you said, he was the first NXT NXT champion. Um, and here's something crazy. Here, here's another, like, wow, Vax got weird opinions moment. I think I'm one of the only people who actually really enjoyed the B-team. I thought it was a great tag B-team team. And I never, underst- I never understood why they just dropped it. Except for Vince doesn't like tag teams. B team could have been WWE's answer to Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends. Yeah, legitimately, they could have. Been, they had that same similar, and it would have been a couple years before AEW. Exactly, but now AEW has uh, the Best Friends and an alien showing that uh, slacker goofballs fucking work and can be can be seen as a legitimate threat. That's. But hey, he wants to go do something else. Fair enough. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't. I hold ill nil. I hold he's nil. the only one in this group I don't expect to see anywhere else. Right. Uh, next one, Kalisto. The fuck guys. Like, Kalisto. Is he the leader, or is he just one of the guys in Lucha House Party? I think Lucha House Party was a anarcho syndicalist <laughs> uh, faction. <laughs> But the thing is, like, that was their big, hey, we're not racist, we like Mexicans. Look, Mexicans, you like WWE, right? Give us your money, faction. That's that's what he, he was like one of the main figureheads in that. He's the, he's the good Lucha Things guy. He is the good Lucha Things guy. You want to know why he, they're releasing him? Because he wasn't their new Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. And now they got Rey Mysterio back. They go like... I don't want to play with you anymore. They have Rey Mysterio's son. They can get like 50 years out of that kid. Oh, yeah. And they still have... They still have um, Lince Dorado and um, the other one. I can't remember his name. Uh, yeah. They they weren't let go. They weren't let go. 
But that's also because I think they broke out into their own characters. Mm-hmm. Kalisto was always kind of fitted to be new Rey Mysterio. Yeah, and Lindsay Dorado. Yeah, Lindsay Dorado is the guy who's been doing a lot of Power Rangers themed gear, and has gotten over on social media because of that. Although that might spell disaster for him, knowing the past peoples. Um, but uh, yeah, sucks to be Kalisto, man. Like, and and it just kind of confirms what Andrade has been saying since his release. Yep. I definitely feel like he, I don't want. I'm not sure if he's gonna pop a. I can see him popping in for a cup of coffee in AEW. I definitely see him. A couple dark matches, maybe yeah. like a like a segment with the Lucha Brothers. Maybe he, I could. Maybe he goes to AAA and, or CMML. I don't remember which one was his home promotion before WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can see. I definitely see him going back down to Mexico, uh, shining up his name and maybe striking out another. Uh, territories. I New Japan, maybe more AEW, maybe Impact. I could see him fitting in pretty well at Impact, honestly. Yeah, but uh, I can definitely see him more going to Mexico. The Mexico first to 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 basically fix his name. Yeah. Uh, go back to your hometown where everybody loves you, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one, really surprising. Uh, Mickey James. Women's legend. Uh, I'm I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure she's a Hall of Famer. Um, she is probably, I would expect, a major asset backstage to their women's division. Huge learning tree. Um, probably on the same level that Natalia is these days. Um, and she's like a huge... She's an idol and an icon to a lot of women's wrestlers because... She's an older woman with a young child who's still going out and working her ass off every week. And WWE just fired her because eh, you can't, you don't work as Alexa Bliss's sidekick anymore. So we don't have anything for you to do on TV. Because that's the last thing I remember her doing on TV, aside from like a few battle royals. Yep. Uh, I don't know. It, 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 is, it is a dropped ball on her part. Uh, like. Mm-hmm. Especially considering like how much women's wrestling is becoming a major focus, it's it's always been a focus since the since the, around the time people were telling WWE, "Hey, stop booking your women like dipshits," and WWE went like went like, "Hey, look, we stopped booking our women like dipshits. Aren't we great?" Look, it's the four horse women, everybody. Cool. Not Who trying else? to dunk on them, but like, Who else you got? You want you want like, more? I know a lot of people um, are probably expecting Mickey to go to AEW because they'll want her as a learning tree, but, like, her husband is the NWA champion. I would be very surprised if she doesn't just go straight there. I can definitely see her popping up in uh, AEW a la Thunder Rosa a la uh, the NWA women's champion uh, Sadie Gibbs. Oh. Serena Deeb Serena is Deeb. the NWA Women's Champion. I have I had a I had a vague recollection of the name and I almost got it. I didn't, but I okay, it's okay, buddy. That's why you got me. Uh, but yeah, no, like it is it is the equivalent of like it is the women's equivalent of like releasing Sting, of releasing Dustin Rhodes, of releasing yeah. a legend that has like power, understanding veteran abilities behind them who can lead 
younger people into better matches. And Mickey James, the women's version of Christian. You know, to go off of the last, to go off of the last round of releases, it's also kind of like when they released Mike Kyoto. I was listening to an interview with him the other day. That guy has such a wealth of knowledge and passion for the business and respect for the people before him and a want to train people coming in after him. Like, I just, I was in shock and awe that WWE had released him all over again listening to uh, that interview. It was the Chris Van Bleet interview, if anybody wants to go find it. Um, but, like, yeah, I just... I cannot believe they let Mickey go. Um, like I, I would, I would straight up change her her contract to be she's just a producer before I would let her go yeah. if I was WWE. And uh, let's let's go ahead and start getting into this now. Um, reports came out that John Laurinaitis, because he's the head of talent relations right now, because that's a great fucking idea. Um, he was the one making the phone calls. And the reason he's kept citing to everyone, budget cuts. Yeah, budget cuts right after the Peacock deal went through. Oh, oh, they're not even hiding how much is just for profit now. Yeah. It's not. All right, now we're getting into the ones that hurt, the ones that really hurt. Like, I got a little mad over the Chelsea Green one. These next two legitimately Three. pissed me off. Yeah. Sorry, I was counting one one as a I, whole group. I know, but, like, um, the next one is the Australian Darlings, Peyton Royce, and I can't remember the old one's name right now. Billy Kay. Billy Kay. Ba Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. And Billy was announced first because in WWE's kayfabe right now, they're split up. Billy was off doing a comedy thing, and Peyton was... It's Peyton! That's 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 my understanding of the situation. Um, but they announced Billy in the same round as Mickey James and someone else. And then they were... They, like, Peyton was one of the last two announced, and she was announced on her own. Like, they went, oh, shit, that's right, there's another one. Get rid of her. Yeah, no. These are two of the best women talkers in all of the business. Mm -hmm. they have, Their backstage promos are so amazing, dude. Their backstage ad-lib promos, which always got posted to WWE.com, were fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. They're women wrestling dank pods. Yeah. It's, that just must be Aussie humor, but like... Thinking about their promos and thinking about our, our new favorite YouTuber, Dank Pods, it has that same sort of chaos vibe. And I don't know if you've seen Peyton Royce recently, but she entered a bodybuilding competition a few months ago. And if you've seen the pictures out of that, I, I don't think you disagree with me in saying that it is not hyperbole to say she's white Jade Cargill. Ooh. Like, I don't know how Vince would look at that and say, oh, we can't do anything with that. It's because she's brunette. <clears throat> no, she was dyeing her hair blonde during that, too. Then Vince must have just went, she has a funny voice. Don't like it. I, I can't understand this foreign person, but no. Um, Here's, here's the good thing. 
the they do have a direct line to AEW because Peyton Royce is married to Sean Spears, um, and they hang out with Billy Kay all the damn time. Like Peyton Royce had, I don't know if she still has because I I found out about this pre the whole no third party thing, but at one point she did have a YouTube channel that her and Peyton Royce were on all the time, and occasionally they drag in Sean Spears just because, ah, it's funny, my husband's here. Um, so I am very much expecting them to go straight to AEW um, on July 14th, of course. And uh, you know what? I'll just say it. Throw them right in the pinnacle. I think they would make a great addition to the pinnacle. That'd be fun, but, like, I definitely want them in AEW because they are, again, two of the best women promos in all of the business. And just imagine the promo between them and Britt Baker. Yes. Or Thunder Rosa. Or reacting to Chris Statlander. Abaddon. Oh, dude. Them, like, making fun of, uh... Oh, how did I just forget her name? Wrestling Supergirl. Uh, Layla Hirsch. Yeah, imagine them, like, trying to make fun of Layla Hirsch, and then she just keeps punching them in the face and walking away. (laughs) That is a reoccurring joke on Dark for a few weeks. Them versus Anna Jay and Tay Conte. (laughs) Anna, don't give, don't fuck with her Jay. Like, that'd be fun. No, like I can, like I want to see them there because a they're good in the ring, they're, they're at least solid. Like, oh, they're they've great got, on the mic. They've got twenty ish years of experience in the industry. Each they've always, been, except for the last year, they've always been together. Imagine how much they could teach that locker room. Oh yeah, and it would probably be beneficial to have more veteran women in the women's division to just kind of boost experience because like yeah for as much as Dustin loves the women's division and loves teaching them and loves all that he can't wrestle a match with them and and help them through that process you know what I mean and he can't relate to every single thing and and concern and worry they might have because Dustin's like a 50 going on 60 year old white dude (laughs) from the (laughs) south and like we love him, we love Dustin. He's remarkably progressive for the kind for the kind of background he has. I love when he but... just fucking dunks on transphobes. Yeah, because one of their kids, uh, one of one of Dustin's kids is trans. Oh, I didn't know that. Step kids, I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's been married a couple times, hasn't he? Yep. But step kids is trans, and and, and he goes, and Dustin just goes like, "No, fuck you, my kid's great." Whenever mm-hmm. a transphobe go- starts talking, it's just like it's hilarious. It's the best, mm-hmm. especially when uh, you remember. Which he was reminds me, I'm very, cr- I'm very pissed off at your state today, sir. What did my state do? I wasn't paying attention. I'll tell you after the broadcast. <sighs> Is it Arkansas um, bad? Is it Arkansas bad? It's worse. It's the only redeemable thing in Florida fucking Disney. You think Disney's redeemable? Disney World. You think 
Disney World is redeemable? The popcorn at Disney World. I've never had it. I can't make a joke about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and now, uh, and now, I think we should get to the biggest. What the fuck? What are you doing? This is the biggest mistake of your life decision. Samoa Joe has been released from WWE. I'm done. I'm done. I quit wrestling. No more. Jesus fucking Christ. We'll, we'll wait till he gets back and finish the bit. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, nope. No. Uh, I was hoping to have a conversation about Samoa Joe. But it seems the bit's more important. Seems the bit's more important. That son of a bit. Well, oh, god damn it. Sorry, uh, I've just been informed by the modular media upper brass that I have to finish this episode or I don't get my paycheck this month. Yeah. So, the Joe of Samo. This is, this is, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like, Samoa Joe is a once-in-a-generation talent. And he has busted his ass for this company front to back. Literally, he busted his ass. And while he's he was injured... He's also busted asses. Yeah. While he was injured, he's been on commentary on Raw, on and off, doing an amazing job. He did commentary for WrestleMania. He was one of the guys stalling during WrestleMania. He stood out in a thunderstorm wearing a poncho, standing next to Michael Cole, literally one of the most irritating human beings on the face of the planet, mind you, stalling, covering this company's ass. And what do they do three days later? They fire his ass. Goddamn. The, one of the first things you posted in, my, uh, in the wrestling board on my Discord server of him just... Quoting, uh, this like adding CM Punk, boy, you were right. Uh, uh, something along that lines. I can't remember the exact quote. I can't. Well, first CM Punk posted a posted the gif of the black guy rubbing his dirty shoes on the white couch and adding him, and then Samoa Joe said they never should have given me money. Oof. Samoa Joe is a is a legend he will go down as a legend he is one of the best to have ever mm -hmm. stepped in that in that ring i mean for as silly and as overwrought as it got i like his wwe title feud with aj styles that that's a seminal me getting into current wrestling feud it's also like 
he was able to, he he's probably one of the best shit to chicken salad people on the roster, was on mm-hmm. the roster. He was able to take anything they gave him and add at least a level of legitimacy there. For those just joining us, because we do have a few live viewers at the moment, actually, we're talking about the round of WWE releases that happened today. And uh, we've just finished running down all the names to recap it real quick. It is Samoa Joe, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, a.k.a. The Iconics, Mickey James, Kalisto, Bo Dallas, Wesley Blake of the Forgotten Sons, Chelsea Green and Tucker of Heavy Machinery, all gone from the company, all given 90-day no-compete clauses. Um, They will be able to work for other companies and do other things come July 14th of this year, uh, which just so happens to be a Wednesday night. And uh, yeah, I'm going to keep that bringing it up because uh, as I said on Twitter, because as I was talking about earlier, I did watch a bit of WrestleMania this year, and for what it was, I did enjoy it. I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to start watching WWE again. I was just like, you know what? That wasn't terrible. Good on you, WWE. There was an attempt. And then, what's this, like four or five days later? All the goodwill. All the goodwill from a non-hardcore WWE fan immediately crushed. I'm driven back to... Nah, fuck WWE, AEW, and a few other ind- indies for life. Yeah. BTE. Be elite. Be the elite. Man, like... It... It's not even the firing. I understand, fi- like, letting people go. AEW let someone go this week. Yeah. Let's talk about and it. Like, let's, talk, let's talk about it. Okay, right now. yeah, yeah, yeah. In the interest of fairness, let's talk about the Evil East thing. AEW released Evil East. Mm-hmm. Uh, she didn't. She seemed to have been doing the bare minimum for the company. Apparent, apparently, she was taken off of TV because. And I don't remember if we noticed this at the time or not, but I, she stopped selling for Thunder Rosa during a TV match. I think she I, didn't I, have a. I think Go we ahead. did notice. I think we did. Mm. She then had a couple dark matches um, and then just disappeared for like two months before they fired her. Apparently she was suspended. And her side of the story, no one in AEW has commented aside to say that she's released. Um, but her side of the story is that she was speaking out about um, somebody abusing their power in regards to the women's division. Right. But we also need to look at the common denominator. She's been saying she's been, like, there's been assholes everywhere she goes. And she's been let go everywhere. If you see assholes everywhere, maybe the one that you need to be looking for is in the mirror. Yeah. Especially considering the no-selling of uh, the Thunder Rosa match. And... Apparently, I she was in uh, the 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 heel side of the crowd when they were doing um, uh, wrestle crowds. Yeah, uh, where she would just be on her phone, mm-hmm. not paying attention, not doing her job of acting as an audience surrogate, paying attention to the match. 
And, like, apparently similar stuff went down at Lucha Underground between her and similar people. Um, now, all that being said, if, God forbid, in a couple months it com- there's an AEW speaking out moment again, I will go ahead and say, shit, Ibelise was right. I feel really bad. But right now it does look like she, she's in the, she might be in the wrong. I mean, who would abuse... Who has that much power to abuse the women's division that was related in some way to her, like... Like, the only name she mentioned was Thunder Rosa. She said Thunder Rosa was being... was trying was trying to... um was being manipulative and trying to get herself a push. And she she kept saying, a manager. A manager was being was also being manipulative towards her and her tag partner. But here's the thing. Diamante's still there and no one in AEW has said a bad thing about her. Yeah. And Diamante ain't said shit about this. I feel like if my friend was trying to go to bat for me, I'd be like, yeah, she's telling the truth. Regardless of what kind of situation I'm in. Yeah. It, this just feels... This feels like Loki being fired from a wrestling promotion. This feels like Austin Aries being fired from a wrestling promotion of like y'all a bunch of assholes, fuck you. But you were the being the asshole. Yeah, and you were being assholes to me being an asshole, so you're assholes. Uh, fuck you. Maybe it's it's almost an Enzo an Enzo Amore moment. Here's the thing, I think Enzo Amore is just kind of a little bit of a dumbass. Yeah, I don't think he's an asshole. I think he's just a dumbass. And here's the difference: him and Kaz have worked on themselves like motherfuckers since th- they got released by WWE. Yeah, see, here, I wouldn't, I would not be upset if they ever showed up in AEW. I'd be going like, mm-hmm. I, I would like to see what go, what happens, but I wouldn't be upset. No. But like, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saddened by Evilise disappearing. I mean, she barely caught my interest. I was always more interested in Diamante. That being said, I hope that uh, if, like like we said, because this is all alleged, if it does come out that she was the asshole, um, I hope she takes the opportunity to work on herself and come back harder, faster, better, stronger, all that good stuff. Yeah, considering that this has been the story for like three other promotions already. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There may there may oh. be a little bit of uh uh well uh, what's the thing lost uh lost cause fallacy. It's that's it's, fair. It's the thing where you you're so bought into an idea that if you give it up, you you lose. You feel like you will lose more than hanging on. That's true. But also, I want to end this on a little bit of an optimistic note, which is that uh, my boys, uh, Matt Cardona and Cody Rhodes, during this whole thing that was going on today, they were right there just being like, hey, everybody, just hang in there. Look at look at what happened for Cody. Look at what happened for Matt. The last year has been a blessing in disguise for Matt. Uh, he's more successful than ever not being in WWE. All these people... If they want to, because Bo Dallas was getting ready to retire, and if he wants, if he still wants to retire, good for him. But if they want to, they can also 
make the most out of this opportunity. And I really hope some of these people do. I really hope this leads to a renaissance for Samoa Joe, the Iconics, Mickey James, Chelsea Green, and Tucker. Those are all. Those are the people that I'm really pulling for to come out of this. Not to say that I'm not for the other people, but those are the people that I'm specifically a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like Chelsea Green, yeah, you okay, bro? I'm being Paul. Okay, <laughs> let's hold for a minute, guys. Ah, man. No, it just sucks. This this whole thing sucks. He prefers scratching at the door to barking. Oh. Well, at least it's not barks. Yeah. That's better than nothing. Chelsea Chelsea Green's... No, not on the jacket. You can't sleep on the jacket. <laughs> you have a bed. Uh-uh. No. Let, let the dog He's a good boy, it. but he likes sleeping on my clothes too much, and I don't like dog hair on my body. Then wash your clothes. I do! Far too much! Uh, no, Chelsea Green's gonna be fine because she has Matt Cardona, and he's a good business person. He'll, he'll, he'll guide her in the right directions. Mm -hmm. He 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 can point out good things and all that kind of stuff. But like, dude, I just want to see some Mojo and AEW now. Lance Archer, Chris Jericho, MJF. The yeah. promos back and forth. I mean, I talked about one of my favorite Samoa Joe feuds, and I would love to see AEW and specifically Cody Rhodes' take on that feud. That'd be interesting. Mm -hmm. Kenny Omega. Ooh. Ooh. Has that match happened on the indies? I have no idea, but imagine the anime finisher off. Dude. Kenny Omega with the One Wing Angel. Samoa Joe with the Kaniku Buster. I mean... Because that's from an anime, bruh. AEW is severely lacking in Samoans. I wonder if that's ever been a problem. Samoa Joe's problem. Because he's, he's not part growing, of the but he's not from that family. He's not part of that family. Probably. Like, a, a, an odd form of subconscious nepotism. Probably. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to see seeing where all these people end up, regardless of what company it is. And I'm looking forward to the shoot interviews that we're going to get in a few oh, months. Oh, we're going to... Chris Jericho has podcasts. Chris Jericho, Renee Young, Chris Van Vliet. I want them on all three of those things. But he, they're going to have podcasts for months. Mm -hmm. Oh man! But nonetheless, why don't you tell me about Impact? Because I didn't watch it. Yeah, um, I actually watched a full Impact show this week. Everybody and was it impactful? It was pretty impactful. Or was it Helvetica? Okay. Um, you so Impact had their annual Mania weekend show of Hardcore Justice, which did take place in the Impact Zone with no fans. Uh, but it was still pretty neat. We got some good matches. Uh, specifically, I liked the uh, the Myers and Cardona gimmick matches that happened, where uh, Cardona had a mystery crate match against uh, 
someone I watched this stuff the other day. I can't remember a loot uh, crate match. Yeah, literally, like there's loot crates on each ring post, and they each have like a different wacky weapon in them. Like one was a picture frame, one was a mouse trap, stuff like that. You know what they should use for a weapon one time? A toy wrestling ring. Hell yeah. Because it's just a flat object. You can get some cool sounds out of that, but like it'd be funny. Um, and then there, and then uh, Myers had a blindfold match against another guy. Uh, where, um, of course, the finish because he's a heel right now is him distracting the ref and then pulling up his blindfold to do his finisher. Um, but then also on the impact before Hardcore Justice. Um, Myers came out and attacked Cardona at the end of a match he was having and accepted a challenge he had previously made. I didn't see the actual segment where that challenge was made, uh, but he accepted a challenge he had made for Rebellion. So we are getting that tag team implosion match at Rebellion, and I'm very excited for that. Honestly. Name a better duo. Other companies paying off WWE storylines. <laughs> um... And then uh, Kenny Omega has just been having a bunch of, like, mixed, crazy six-man tag things with Rich Swan and other guys who are babyfaces in Impact going like, you and the Good Brothers aren't going to ruin our good name, you lousy Japanese guys who aren't Japanese. And Fuck you, AEW. You ain't Impact. Mm-hmm. You ain't the our match- dad. The matches always end in Kenny pinning somebody who is not Rich Swan after almost pinning Rich Swan. So it's clearly like, yeah, we're building towards the inevitable, um, which I'm excited for. I'll be watching that whole show probably, especially with the, the announcement that came out just before we went on air. Mauro Ranello is going to be calling that match. That's going to be interesting. That's going to be fun. I'm so excited. I've missed Mauro so much. But I'm glad, I'm glad he stepped away for his own mental health and everything. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 definitely. Dude, dude deserves a break if he needs it. But like, Mauro Ranello, Mauro Ranello until um, Excalibur came came around was like the guy that I was going. That's going to be the voice of our generation. Oh no, it's, it's Excalibur now though. Mm-hmm. Imagine the booth was Excalibur and uh, Ranello. Oh. Oh, dude. Pitch for AEW's commentary table in five years. Excalibur, mm-hmm. Mauro Ranello, mm. Chris Jericho. Ooh. I can see that. Like, Chris Jericho retires and does commentary full-time. I That's definitely a route I can see Chris Jericho taking. If he if he stays in wrestling and just doesn't do other projects like he like yeah. he's been doing, because you have because Jericho's the the character guy who's always being like ha ha go heels and freaking um, Marl's the technical guy and Excalibur is the Wikipedia. Yeah, it's it's oh oh I want it so bad now that I've said it out loud. Um. And then one other uh, little note from Hardcore Justice is that uh, the new version of Decay, which is just Decay with a uh, a big old bull man instead of the zombie man they used to have, um, they're gaining a real foothold. They've been getting a lot of wins, and uh, Rosemary, 
is now the number one contender to uh, the knockout championship. And I believe that would be a record-setting win if she does actually win it. Um, so that that's going to be a match at Rebellion is her versus... Oh, God. I, I remember her gimmick is that she's the Virtuosa. I feel like an idiot for forgetting her name. Let me... Let me live googling, ladies and gentlemen. Live googling. It's the best kind of googling. Except googling, googling or boogling. Diana Perrazzo. Mm. She's currently the knockout women's champion. Miss Piranha. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, Impact's pretty solid right now, and like this is this is definitely the month to keep your eye on them, considering what is definitely going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but next we have a, a new, a new, a new bit of content from AEW. They have a new show idea called Outside. Um, this is, this is technically the second episode because the first episode was, uh, Reynolds and Silver a few weeks ago. Okay. Well, we didn't talk about it. So we're talking about it now. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's an NK fave interview segment. I think so. Yeah. Because, uh, Lexi Nair interviewed Abaddon. Real quick, do you know who Lexi Nair is? No. DDP's daughter. She is one of the Diamond Daughters. Okay. Give WCW family fucking jobs, I guess. Yeah. That's AEW's like, uh, Brandi. And she was briefly an interviewer in WWE, too, I believe. Um, but... Uh, she's doing this now, and it's it's really fun because she's she's meant to be like that ah uh, kind of just bland and nice Hollywood Reporter E News type interviewer, but she's getting paired with like the wackiest weirdest wrestlers they have. Like I said, the first episode was Reynolds and Silver, and she asked all the same questions she did in this interview, but they just gave like these weird like I don't know random thing answers, <laughs> and it was it was really funny. And then this week, she interviewed Yawaifu, Abaddon, and the whole time Abaddon's just, like, almost going to eat her and then stopping until eventually somebody hands her a whiteboard and she just starts writing no to all the answers. Except for when Lexi Nair asks, do you have any pets? And she just writes, spider. It's great. It's a good little like five minute laugh thing. Yeah, 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 it's a it's a fun comedy skit that's not BTE or Sammy Guevara related. Yeah. Um, next week because they announced uh, they showed a thing that they were going to do next week. I think it was a tag team. Uno and Grayson. Uno and Grayson. I hope they go full supervillain and style of talking, but it's all like. We're going to help so many puppies. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, but then we had uh, BTE, and uh, it, was a, it was an interesting BTE this week because it was like a good mix of the wacky kind of fun stuff and then some really heavy bits. Um, the, uh, the opening uh, pre-intro um, teaser thing was uh, just uh, Matt Jackson and Brandon Cutler uh, doing some light skating around Daly's place. I do enjoy um, the their grip tapes. I did enjoy those. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Oh, did you watch this week? I, I watched that segment and the next one. Mm. 
uh, because uh, I think I had to stop and do something else. Dang it. Uh, then Matt Hardy cut a promo on Darby Allen, basically saying, like, hey, you get compared to me and my brother a whole lot, but I've got 28 years of experience on you, and uh, that's 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 a lot of know-how that's going to allow me to get, get one over on you, kid, kind of an interview. And it was a solid, solid little promo. Um, then we had a Dark Order segment where they're all hanging around talking about how John's arm is coming along. Um, uh, and then Stu notices this week, not Anna Jay, not Tay Conte, but Chris Statlander is hanging out in the Dark Order lair. Um, and, and of course, everybody acts like it's just perfectly normal. Like, yeah, it's just she's always there she just hangs out and he's like no this is ridiculous what are you guys talking about oh and uno was like all right you you clearly got some issues here i i know i know somebody who can help with this let's go and that, that leads into a thing later um there's a gremlin on the wing yeah uh then we got uh some bts for the inter inner circle arrival bit where they arrived in all those vehicles from the beginning of last week's dynamite it's cool seeing them figure out the coordination on all that. Um, then we got uh, a a clergy bit where um, every they're not really they're having a slow day at the booth. Nothing's really happening. So Ryzen's just like, oh hey, here's some candy I nicked off of uh, insert wrestler here. I'm gonna I'm gonna eat a little bit. And they're like, what is that? It's blue chews. Never heard of these before, but they're really good. Can we have some? No, I, I'm, I'm just going to... Oh, he selfishly shoves them all in his face. And then Vicky Guerrero's like, wait, that's a sponsor on my podcast. Maybe you shouldn't have done that. And he's like, nah, I'm sure it'll be fine. Cut to a, later in the day when they're getting ready to go. And he realizes he uh, can't get up. He's getting caught on the table. So he tells the, the two ladies to go ahead without without him. And uh, well, you y'all y'all can guess what happened. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the same thing I didn't mention about that dark order bit in regards to Alan Alan Angels. Yeah. Um. Then we got uh, the follow up to that dark order bit, where Stu Grayson and Evil Uno go to therapy, and their therapist is. Alex Upper Hentes. And it's a really fun play on his Pentases gimmick where they keep saying something into his ear and then he'll translate it. But the way he translates Stu's stuff is like, oh, Stu's very nice. He's very fun. He just wants to have a conversation with you, man. He loves you. He respects you. And the way he translates everything Uno says to Stu is like, Uno fucking hates you. He wants to kick your ass. He wants to fight you. And and Stu just keeps getting more and more mad and hyped up until they stand up to fight. And and it was like, this is great. I'm glad we're going to be able to resolve some of your issues, man. And he goes to shake his hand. He's like, yeah. He squares up. And he's like, and Uno's like, oh, 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 I see. I see. Don't worry, Doc. I got an easy fix for this. Stu, huh? go beat up Butcher and Blade. <laughs> and he just runs off. Goddamn. Uh, it was a it was a good bit, um, but then we got a kingly kingly couple bits because we got a 
recap of all the history between Kenny and the Bucks from BTE over the over the years, um, juxtaposed with them hemming and hawing during the main event of Dynamite, and then actually seeing that play out on BTE. Oh, it's so nice that they actually own this footage now, so they can just show it instead of having to like show weird behind-the-scenes angles like they did in Ring of Honor. Um, and then we cut to backstage later in the night. All three of the guys sitting lined up at a table, Kenny in the center, messing with something. Very, very reminiscent of a classic BTE bit. And he basically lays it out for the guys. He's, he says, I'm so glad you guys are with me now. I'm so glad I have guys who understand, who see all this, see, see that we're the guys who changed the world. You know, we did everything. We fought against and for each other in order to change this industry. And then after we did that, we stepped back for a few months, a few months. We let other people have the spotlight. And what did we get in return? What did I get in return? Oh, nothing but uh, you've lost your touch, man. You don't you don't have it anymore. Oh, I hate you. I, I, I want you dead. I want your family dead. I want your company out of business. No, that's not going to happen because we have a responsibility to total line to show this industry what it means to be the best, to be elite. And now, now that we're together again, we're going to show everyone exactly what that means. It was a fucking, like, that's, that's me boiling it down. It was like an eight-minute promo, completely unscripted, of Kenny just going off. Like, anyone who doesn't... Anyone who says Kenny Omega isn't a good promo needs to go watch this clip because this promo had me on the edge of my seat, just drinking in all the character work, all all the little bits of context that have been implied but not directly given to us in Dynamite over the last few months. And just, oh, this is so good. This promo could have ended an episode of Dynamite, but instead it ended an episode of BTE, and I'm perfectly fine with that. Kenny Omega's not a bad promo. Kenny Omega is an animated promo. And some people believe that a man showing intense emotion is weird. And these people are wrestling fans? Yeah. But I think it's time to speak of the boom the bust, the dino, the might. Are we going to have to play a little game? Probably. Actually, you know what? You take the lead. All right. I've first... talked a lot on this episode. Yeah. Well, that happens when you actually watch shit. Mm-hmm. But the first thing we need to talk about, the, the before the intro even starts, before any of that starts, the Bucks plant their flag in the world of wrestling of basically saying yo you know what y'all were right they were right we had lost our touch 
So fuck you. Where you want to heal young bucks? You got them. You want us to be assholes? We'll be assholes. Don Callis helped us realize that. And it's just like, damn. And the but there was one line in specific that made me go like, oh shit, that's the is you know holding these and pointing to the belt around backstage. You know you started to feel a little fraudulent. They had imposter syndrome. They had imposter syndrome. The same thing Hangman Page felt. But mm-hmm. while Hangman turned it inward, they're turning it outward and taking it out on the world. No, fuck you. We do deserve this. While also just burning every bridge around them until the only bridge left is the one that they didn't even think about burning. Because the... The fans... The fans, but Hangman. Mm-hmm. But, uh, take the next one, buddy. Yeah, we then, uh, after the intro, uh, go to a outside Daily's Place promo where, um, I believe it, no, it was just a straight up, uh, it was just going to be a straight up promo. There was no interviewer, but Mike Tyson is back, is outside Daly's place. And he's like, hi, I'm Mike Tyson. You remember me from boxing, right? I'm like, I know of you from boxing, Mike. Good to see you. I also know you solve mysteries on the side. That's true. He did do that. Um, and then, uh, MJF just immediately walks in and goes, Hey, Mr. Tyson, I've, I've literally never heard of you, but my dad says you were a legend. Um, and also, apparently, you throw really good punches. Confrontation scares me. So here's a nice check. Why don't you? Why don't you not hurt my friends and let them win this match against Jericho tonight? Why don't you? Why don't you play ball, buddy? And Tyson, being Tyson, because as we established during his last AEW appearance, his character is that he wants everybody to always play fair. Consummate sportsman. You are always cool with Tyson until the moment he sees you cheating. Then you're the scum of the earth. So he takes this check, tears it up twice, and then starts eating it. And spits it in MJF's face. It's great. (laughs) MJF reacted perfectly to this whole thing. It also... Kept the line, kept the idea that Mike Tyson's a little bit of an unstable athletic genius. Yeah. Because that was always the the thing with Mike Tyson as a boxer. Uh, Because he was one of the best boxers of his time. Well, I've actually listened to interviews with him now. And he's like a poor kid who was plucked from the streets, trained like crazy, became a champion at a super young age, and... Just all he knows is the life of being famous and being crazy training athlete athlete man. Yeah. And pigeons. He does love his pigeons. He does, doesn't he? Um But like he he because he did he did go off the rails a little bit in his uh later early boxing career where he did bite off a dude's ear. Yeah. He so, did also say all have sexual relations to you until you love me, gay man. That's a real thing he said during a drug-addled rant in front of the press once. Yeah, but it, it, it plays into the Mike Tyson's a little bit crazy thing. But it but it keeps it, it keeps it like interesting for the this 
whole shindig of this uh, show. But next, yeah. we have a five-star classic. The the new best non-gimmick match on Dynamite, I'm going to say. Uh, Death Triangle, this version being uh, Ray Phoenix and Peck versus the Young Bucks with Don Callis in their corner. The, oh my, dude, the fucking precision on this new entrance for the Young Bucks, where the camera, st- you hear the song go up, and it's the Young Bucks' theme. Naturally, you're getting a little hype. The camera starts to go over to the face tunnel, and then just, whoop, heel tunnel. No, and then they ba- start... There's a there was a detail before that even started, because the Young Buck skull appeared, and normally it has a golden, shiny background, because, oh, money and everything like that. No, this time... And military black and white text, like a certain T-shirt that they were really famous for selling a good couple of years ago. Scrolling, young bucks, mm. bullet club style, and also, uh, just as they start coming out of that tunnel in like this pr- ridiculously prickish. White playing into the Kenny Omega and Angel Wings gimmick gear with Don Callis right behind him. The instant wall of booze was so amazing. Oh yeah, very much so. Even like their 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 ring gear now. Also, it's just no tassels. It's a lot more straightforward, but it's also it it, it ha- it's textured in a way that just make you feel like. Ew, you're a weird rich person. And, like, they were wearing stupidly expensive Jordans in the ring, too. Which, at one point, people started cheering, chanting, those are fakes. I have no idea if they are or not. I would hope they wouldn't waste that much money on shoes that could get damaged. Yeah. But, genuinely... No, the actual match, too. Holy shit. But they didn't do their face bucks money. They came in... To the ring, yeah. did their pose, and they got streamers like New Japan. Remember, we're from Japan. Remember what I was just talking about with Impact and Rich Swan. Yep. Mm-hmm. But this is this was just so good. Nick and Ray having their like rivalries, just mm, scrumptious, going, going fucking insane, and like. Pac trying every trick in his book, have just being the world's angriest short person while the Bucks are healing it up to the max, taking all of their face tendencies and just pushing it up to 11 as a way of mocking the fans for ever liking it. This is the Bucks that everybody who hates the Bucks thinks the Bucks are. Mm-hmm. Like, but there was one beautiful moment, like right at the beginning of the match, where Matt was going to tag in Nick, and he goes to the face corner, and he's looking for a tag, and Ray Phoenix is just looking at him, going like, "The fuck you doing, you son of a bitch!" God damn, that was just a great little. Mm, it the was the fact that they flipped so well. Like this whole match to me was just the Bucks saying, "Like, hey." You know these supposed heels? Those aren't heels. Those are baby faces. We'll show you what the fuck heels are, you idiots. 
and like even the, like I know it's planted crowd. They're they're cheering for a reason. I think it's actually fucking brilliant that they did the Bucks match without a live crowd. It was a controlled crowd mm-hmm. because you wouldn't be positive of how many people would actually still want to cheer the Bucks. But if you knew, all right, everybody, boo the Bucks. They're gonna get boos. It's gonna make people think, oh yeah, no, the Bucks need to be booed. And they could play into the heel and know that no one would go like, yeah, fuck yeah, Bucks. Brilliant. Brilliant move. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very much creating the narrative they want and not the fans want in terms of, like, booking. It is kind of a WWE move of, like, we're telling the story no matter what you believe, but I still think it is, like, a good way to seed that heel persona for the Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, there's just not much to say except this was an excellent match that perfectly got across their new characters, uh, which I is do, just their old characters from PWG. Yeah. I do really also the, the Nick and Ray stereo hurricanas. Oh Yeah. Where they just, like, they have the other opponent, and they just go, like, grab the shoulders, and they peek out and go, like, oh, shit. All right. Hurricanranas. And that triple jump thing off the ropes that Ray Phoenix did? Holy shit. This is genuinely a great match. Also, biggest fucking heel move to win it, they just completely snatch Ray, uh, Ray Phoenix's mask off his head. He is full on, nope, luchador Dude. protect the face, and they go like, I, oh. I was not expecting it at all, so here is exactly what I did when it happened. <laughs> I'm not hyperbolizing there. I literally did that. Because it wasn't just like, oh, kind of a little off, a little, like, or a tear. It was full, whoop. Like, I, I did that because I was like, shit, did I just see Ray Phoenix's face? I don't want to see Ray Phoenix's face. No. But, like, he covered it just in time, and the Bucks went like, he can't see us. Super kick. Mm-hmm. That's, that's cheating as a heel brilliantly, because it's not just like, oh, ha-ha, we hit you with a chair. It's, oh, ha-ha, we are taking advantage of a thing that realistically doesn't have any rules but it is cheating Mm -hmm. i mean commentary said that if they were in mexico it would have been an instant disqualification but this is AEW, and unfortunately anything goes you know what i'd love to see ray and uh penta maybe go like you know what fuck it we're using lucha rules for this match and they have to go over the difference between american style professional i just want my camera american style professional wrestling and lucha libre rules and be like, oh, that'd be an interesting gimmick. That'd be pretty good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But no, this was great. I, this is one of the best tag matches in a while. It was, it was so damn amazing. And, like, just, they gave this away for free on TV. This wasn't a pay-per-view match. Okay, okay, so here's the question. Is this better than Bucks versus Omega Page? 
where where do you because that's 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 the peak of tag team and AEW. A lot of people are gonna say Omega Page just because of the crowd aspect, but honestly, I don't remember being as invested in Omega Page at the time as I was in this the other night. Also, Don Callis just like perfectly, perfectly Mm -hmm. was on commentary. Don Callis is a phenomenal commentator. Going like, I knew the Bucks. I knew they. I knew they. I would get to them. I knew that all that kind of stuff. And this Excalibur going like, yeah, you you made them sold out. You made my friends assholes. Fuck you. Mm -hmm. This is great. Uh, but after the match, we go backstage where Alex Marvez is in the Dark Order lair talking to Hangman and the rest of the Dark Order. And he basically goes, yo, Hangman, all your friends are dicks now. How do you feel about that? And Hangman goes, well, uh, first things first, uh, John's recovery is going incredibly well. Look at how amazing he is. Uh, you know, J- Johnny Hungy, it's no, it's an awesome gimmick. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go get a drink. I'll be right back. And then the Dark Order start going, mm, do your exercises, John. Yeah, woo! Also, I love the bit where Hangman, like, slaps uh, John Silver's good shoulder and goes, ow, I thought it was the other shoulder. Yeah, but you still just hurt me. <laughs> that was great, too. Uh, but... But no, oh, but like that shit hit super hard. Us, like it's such a simple, quick little segment, but it instantly gets you back in that oh, punished hangman mood. Oh, very especially much. from, especially for me because like we've talked about it on and off off mic, but a a certain internet group that I'm a fan of, and this channel might have been partially inspired by, is going through some shit right now. And I had a personal conversation with one of them about it the other day. And big, big hangman emotion. Big hangman emotion. And I feel for that guy right now. I won't say who it is out of respect for their privacy, but... Uh, is it the person that also has a, a connection with me somehow? No. Okay. But uh, <laughs> let's let's go ahead and move on. All right, so next we have another promo segment with Alex Marvez uh, where he talks to the Inner Circle and Mike Tyson. We're basically, Alex Marvez asks the question that we've all been wondering, hey, Jericho, why the fuck is Mike Tyson okay with you? And Jericho gives the best explanation. It's like, you know, when we got beaten down by Pinnacle, I we looked in the mirror and we realized how shitty we've been. So in our time off, I personally went through all the people we wronged and apologized. And the he first pulled up my name is Earl. Yeah, no, he had that would have been a fun. But either way, he basically was like, and the first person I called was Mike Tyson, and I apologized for the actions I took against him. And he was like, you know what? It took. And Mike Tyson said, you know what? That took strength. That took resolve to do. I respect that. If you need my help, I'll be there. And Chris Jericho said, all right, we're going after Pinnacle this. Uh, we're going to be talking about this. Would you mind being? <laughs> Tucker, someone is sleeping downstairs. Don't be don't be stomping on the floor. If you got an itch, come over here. Uh, basically said, uh, can you be backstage, act as security while we're, while we're coming back? And Mike Tyson was like, yeah, I'll do it. Now we're here. 
honestly, just real quick, as a pure moralistic story, this is fucking great. It's really solid. Because it shows that redemption isn't just, I'm a good guy now. It it shows that there, there that you need to take steps to be a better person. That you need to make those amends. Yeah, and it was another great continuity matters in AEW moment. Especially because Chris Jericho brought up WWE again. Of how mm-hmm. 10 years ago, Mike Tyson knocked Chris Jericho out. Yeah. And he, and he flat out said, you know, after reconsideration, I probably deserved that. Yeah. I, I'm really enjoying Face Inner Circle. It's, it's low-key it's pretty weirdly cool. wonderful. Because it's also really wholesome in a f- strange way. Yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, but Mike Tyson's also was told, do it down the middle. Don't favor us. Don't favor them. Just you're there to keep an eye on things. And Mike Tyson was like, yes. That's exactly what I was going to do. But just since you purposely wanted it that way, I respect you for that. Mm-hmm. So uh, after that, we go to the long-awaited Red Velvet versus Jade Cargill. Um, this was an AEW-style squash match, which kind of disappointed me. Yeah, but also... It works on one level because Jade Cargill is becoming a big, big... She's gaining momentum. Mm-hmm. And Red Velvet's also gaining momentum. So it's kind of a heartbreaking thing to see Red Velvet beaten like this. Yeah. To, to an extent. But... Eh, I Jade looked great, though. Yeah, they both looked great. Like th- This is the first time I really got into Red Velvet's entrance. Um, I really liked Jade's entrance too, but like that, that is like, it took me a while to get into stir it up as a hot, as a hype phrase, but I'm, I'm behind that theme song now. I don't um, think I've ever listened to Jade, uh, not Jade, um, Red Velvet's theme before. It banged, it banged a little, it had some bang yeah. moments. Um, plus I love that her entrance gear, instead of a big jacket, she has an apron on. It's great. It's also just like it's okay. For some reason, my, when I was watching it, I just went like, "That looks like a weird religious tabard." Mm-hmm. I thought it was like, uh, "What's?" It's definitely not a kimono. The the kind of um, it might not not even be Japanese, but the Asian Chinese. dress, the, Chinese, Chinese, the long front trailing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know dresses. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, it it kind of looked like that for a second until she turned around and I saw the tie in the back and I was like, oh, it's an apron because straight out of your mama's kitchen. That's great. Yeah, but no, this match was this match was fine. It was fun. Mm-hmm. It doesn't um, feel like the blow off to any kind of feud, but it does feel like the chapter break of the feud. It's the second match in the trilogy. We de- we can definitely get. There's definitely something more there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got a few new moves out of Jade because we commented back in the Shaq match that she was clearly still very green, so she had a very basic move set um, just so she could mainly focus on character work, which she also did here. A lot of great healing. Um, but uh, she now has a fallaway slam and a face buster. She, uh, she pinned um, Red after a face buster, which was pretty good. No, and Jade's character work this whole match was great yeah definitely yeah 
Uh, but next, we have another promo segment. This was a good dynamite for promos. Uh, with yeah. Dr. Britt Baker basically pointing out that, oh, hey, Red Velvet lost. That means she's going to go down in the rankings, and I'm going to shoot up having done nothing. But you know what? I'm still going to wrestle some matches in order to boost my rankings to justify having to get a title opportunity. So you'll see me on Dark, Dark Elevation, and Dynamite. Keep an eye out. Yeah. This is pretty good. It was like a bit of a turn and a bit of an iteration on Britt Baker's character where like, oh, I have to work to be a role model? Fine. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to outwork everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize what I was saying until I almost said it. Uh, she's going to earn that doctorate. Mm-hmm. Hey, that should be a that should be a thing. AEW doesn't have a writer's room, but if we did, they should hire us. That's a sentence. Oh my god. Hire um, us for social media management so we can just pitch shit to you. Hell yeah. Uh but after that we got the debut of the governor, Anthony Agogo, with the factory, and he was taking on Cole Carter. Who I'd never heard of before, but I liked his tights. Yeah. Um, I also like the Go-Go's, like, very classic old-school kind of look. Yeah, and, like, the simplistic tights with nothing except a factory logo and an Olympics logo on them. And then um, his theme song is, like, the kind of background music you'd expect to hear in a Sherlock Holmes movie. It's, ooh. But I like the the mat. The, this match though was just mm, good character. This was work. a good character. Perfect, perfect debut squash match because he comes in, he he does like a a lock up with Carter and does a couple moves. All the while, the camera keeps cutting back to QT, just watching on. Like, yeah, yeah, that's my guy. Yeah, I'm I'm a good teacher. Look at the guy I taught. Um and. Anthony ends up winning via ref stoppage after he punches the guy in the gut and he can't get up. Like, legitimately, I think this is the first TKO in AEW. Mm-hmm. It's a couple it's a couple firsts on this show. We'll talk about the other one later. But this this exemplifies a Go-Go's character. That he mm-hmm. will wrestle, but the minute you piss him off, fuck it, I'm going back to boxing. Like, I was iffy on a go-go listening to him on commentary for Dark the couple times I saw matches he did commentary for. But now that I've seen this debut, I'm like, okay, I'm here for Anthony Agogo. Let's let's have let's have Anthony Agogo. A yeah, go-go to it, the moon. It. Yeah, a go-go to the moon and beat Darby Allen for the TNT title. Ooh. Ooh, we're gonna have just go on a massive winning streak and have him Goldberg his way into that shit. We're gonna have a conversation, uh, especially with the next segment. Uh, But also, I just really enjoy the factory. I like the way they look. I think uh, QT Marshall being very low key and the way he was uh, dressed, fucking fit, was great. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the next segment, we have Miro. Being the Miro everybody's been wanting for months. Miro's here. Miro's arrived. Miro's Miro's getting his Kenny Omega moment. Because Miro basically goes like, Hey, Kip, where have you been? I've been trying to call you, 
but you've been avoiding me. No matter. I'm just gonna beat ass everywhere. Darby. Bucks. Kenny. Keep an eye out. Miro needs to win the TNT title. Ooh. Ooh. I could see it. I could see it. Because that's been, always been Dar the Darby story of like, oh, he gets beat halfway to hell and will come out on top. Imagine he just gets beat all the way to hell. And who better to do it than the best man? Mm -hmm. I mean, I could see either I could see either timeline playing out. Very much so. Um, but then we got uh, the big match that was advertised all week and uh, for most of the show. Dax Harwood with Cash Wheeler versus Demo God. Chris Jericho with Sammy Guevara and special guest enforcer Iron Mike Tyson. This was why. The fuck, if he asked Tyson to call it right down the middle, did Jericho immediately go for a steel chair? I think because it's just old habits die hard, and the second Mike Tyson grabbed it, he was like, shit, what was I doing? Fuck. Right, you're Mike. You're right, Mike. I'm sorry. And they, he, he did the rest of the match clean. That's probably what it was supposed to be. It just did not come across that way. Yeah. Like, I, I saw him grab the chair and I was like, it that. what the fuck are you doing? And then Tyson takes the chair and he runs off camera. Like, I, I'm definitely giving it that benefit of the doubt. So. But it's also, it's also it was also meant to show Mike Tyson is calling it down the middle. He's not favoring the inner circle at all. Mm -hmm. Especially because Harwood then goes for the bat and Tyson gets it away from him. It's meant to showcase Mike Tyson is an honorable person. Mm -hmm. Less than Jericho is a dick, you know? It's... Yeah. Economics of storytelling. Hey! Mm -hmm. But, uh, boy. This was a good, this was a good story match. Very good, very solid. Very, very, yes, indeed. Um, especially with all the, all the pinnacle fuckery. Yeah. I don't. Hmm. I I don't know where to go. Well, I was thinking you were going to explain the rest of the match, <laughs> kind of highlights well, of it. Um. Basically, it's just a series of Jericho chasing Harwood in and out of the ring. A lot of good callback spots. A lot of classic Jericho stuff. There's a moment where he grabs the camera and starts to flip Harwood off, and Harwood flips him off back, that which was... was great. Oh, that's good. Um, that's now Dax Harwood's uh, Twitter uh, um, avatar, by the way. My my heart. That's fucking great. <laughs> uh, and um, there's a big segment where the Pinnacle comes out to try and chase off Tyson and get Harwood the win. And then uh, Inner Circle come out and it turns into a big old brawl and eventually everybody gets chased off except for the guys who were originally in the match. Um there's a spot where Harwood gets hit right where his stitches are, and so he goes over to Doc Sampson in order to steal something from Doc Sampson and hit Jericho with it. A mic. Yeah. And then Jericho takes a pin and just stab. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then the uh, the ending of the match is Jericho um, gets a couple moves in, and he's going to 
pin Harwood, and then Wheeler tries to get in the ring. And before Tyson can even get to him, Sammy Guevara just pounces on Wheeler and beats the shit out of him, which is hilarious. Oh, yeah, um, great. Especially because, uh, hey, continuity, on Sammy Guevara's vlog that came out on Tuesday, there was a segment of Mike Tyson teaching him how to punch. Nice! But, uh, um, speaking of Mike Tyson punches... Yeah, uh, Jericho ends up beating Harwood with a Judas effect, and then uh, Harwood tries to get some shit in after the match and just immediately gets clocked in the face by Tyson. Damn, that was just a full-on, like... Oh, yeah, you know he was backstage, like, I'm sure they told you to pull it, but shoot, punch me. I want to be able to tell my kids this story. (laughs) Because, like, there was a look on his face that was like, God damn, that was a little bit harder than I thought it would be. Because <laughs> he wasn't selling it like a wrestle. He was selling it like... Because when you sell it like a wrestle, you wiggle a little bit to show that I'm fine like, enough ah! to wiggle. I'm fine enough to wiggle. I'm safe. Don't worry about me. He was just like stock still. It's like, mm-hmm. okay. Mm. Let me wake up. Oh, uh, man. But then, the fun little announcement at the end of this. Uh, Jericho uh, went and made Mike Tyson an auxiliary member of the inner circle, which was great. Oh, man. Mike Tyson Tyson is the sixth ranger of the inner circle. (laughs) Mike Tyson is the sixth ranger of wrestling. Because remember, he was also in DX. Yeah. Oh, jeez. No, this was a fun, fun bit of wrestle to get us to Blood and Guts. Because they were hyping up Blood and Guts the entire, entire match. Yeah, and that fucking poster they put out, man. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a reference to an old WCW poster. So good. Because uh, nothing more that Cody loves than his daddy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's a good, dutiful son. But, I just realized something. What? The pinnacle is the attitude of the Four Horsemen. But we also have a spiritual successor to the style of the Four Horsemen. With the super elite, high, higher fashion, expensive clothing. Also, there was Shawn Michael references all in this promo. Because Alex Marvez talks to the super elite, the good bros the Buck Bros, and the Canadian Bros. <laughs> and it's basically just a big promo of, like, this is what you want, right? We're being heels, right? Yeah. We're winning, right? This is what you want. Why you, are you asked for this the entire six months of the company, the first six months of Dynamite. Now shut up and enjoy it. Why are you booing us? Mm-hmm. Uh... I also love the Good Brothers just being dumbasses in the background. Look at the danglies. Just messing with the earrings. Yeah. This was so fun what, did they, what did they say? They were like, oh, what a... um, What a pros or something like that to say promo. Yeah. But, like, they were just going, like, oh, best promo in the biz. Best promo in the biz. Mm-hmm. When Don Callis took the mic. Is This is just getting over their dickhead personalities more. Yeah, and it was great. 
Then we got a video package from Thunder Rosa in a, a bit of a new new style, new gear, new face paint. Um, basically saying like, hey, everybody, I had to go home for a little bit, but I'm back now. And guess what? I want your belt. I want my belt back. And I'm going to beat the shit out of whoever I have to in order to get them. Hell yeah. Let the thunder roam. Mm. It's going to be good. Um, but next, we had a banger of a little match. The way your face lit up. <laughs> Bro! <laughs> it's your waifu. And my husbandos. Yeah! Because Chris Atlander, with her best friends, uh, come out versus Amber Nova in an AEW-style squash match. Mm-hmm. Where basically, it's an all but guarantee Chris Statlander's gonna win, but they're gonna give something to the competitor to make sure they don't look like a chump. Yeah, especially because this was her first AEW match. Dynamite. And... She's had dark. Oh, okay. I thought she had a tag somebody match. Somebody had dark. a somebody had a making their AEW, not making their Dynamite debut thing this week. It might have been Cole Carter then that I'm thinking of. I think so. Um, because I noticed on the little lower third when they said, like, oh, here's some of the dark, uh, dark results, uh, Amber Nova was one of the people in a tag match. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but this was a good fun back and forth. Chris Statlander obviously looks stronger, and she, because she's a more mainstream talent, she wins with a, I can't remember what the move exactly was, but it's a- A Nova bomb. Yeah. It's it's, It's a bomb. It was good. Also, um, I just love the way she was like looking back to the best friends. So, like, am I being human? Right? Am I? Am I? Am I doing things good? And they're like, "Yeah, you're doing good. You're doing great." Um, so I have a nitpick and just like a like a like a weird thing to talk about with this match, and I'll do my nitpick first because I think it's it's kind of a funny nitpick that only I would have. I hate the entrance. I hate that they gave her this entrance music. Um, I get that she's in the best friends now, but that's not the best friends theme. That's Orange Cassidy's new theme. And unless you're going to do the straight up romance on screen on Dynamite, don't give her his theme. She has her own theme. If you want to give her the group theme, have best friends play as she comes out. I think what they're doing right now is just playing this music to associate it all with Orange Cassidy and the group to A, start getting their money's worth, but B, just like give that association so eventually we can go back to the regular music. It's to cement the music of, it's to cement that music as this is a part of the show now to the audience. Probably, but you you know me. I'm super OCD and obsessed with entrance music, so it's just something that would only bother me. And then the other thing is, um, I'm sure you noticed it. Uh, on commentary, Jericho kept, or not Jericho, um, JR kept trying to comment, compliment Statlander, and he kept going like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta word this carefully. I'm, I'm just trying to say she looks nice. There's nothing wrong with being fat, but she's clearly slimmed up a bit, and, and I like her new look. Please, nobody cancel me. And it's like, all right. First of all, Jr. Calm down. Being canceled isn't a thing. Second of all, everybody leave Jr. to fuck alone, so we don't get a moment like this again. Yeah, he was trying. 
understood what he was going for. Mm-hmm. Um, I did agree though that I I do like her her new slightly older look. Like that was the big thing I noticed about her. She's got way less of a baby face now. She's she's trimmed up. She looks she looks fit. She looks strong. She looks good. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see more of her. Yeah. Also, I just want to point out this whole dynamite had four major women's uh, division segments. Mm. It's really just picking up. This is, they they got a good division going now. Yeah. It's almost like uh, good things come to those who wait. Uh, next, we have a little interview with Team Taz, where basically Taz goes like, all right, Ricky, you're Dude. kind of a hothead right now. Can you stay back while I talk to Christian? Brian Cage, you too. It's just going to be me, Hobbs, and Hook. You know, the sexy boys. We're going to talk to Christian. We're going to get this whole thing done and dealt with. We're going to do this. All right? All right. Good. Was uh, was this not supposed to be my segment? You talked about Chris Statlander, didn't you? I thought you introduced that. No. Did we? You oh, did, dear. Uh, you did Jericho match. I did Super Elite. You did Thunder Rosa. I definitely did Statlander. I thought you did Statlander. Felt like no, you felt like you did Satlander instead because you started talking about it. No, I had extra things to talk about after you were done. I have no idea. Just fucking say whatever. Say whatever it is that you need to say. <laughs> I was just, I, I was just like, are we throwing the format out for a second? There, I wasn't actually mad. I was just confused. Just say what the things you need to say. So yeah, we get that Team Taz promo, and then we go to the ring where Tony Schiavone is standing by, and Christian Cage comes out. And the whole the whole night they've been building it up like, oh, Christian Cage has got his gear on. He's going to do an open challenge. Isn't this great? Um, and I was like, oh, that that'd be interesting. I'd love to see some some random cool guy from Dark show up for a minute. Um, and then like they they talked about the Taz promo incoming and I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. That's what's happening. And then that's what happens. Uh, cage comes out and then immediately team Taz comes out and, uh, Taz is like, yo, I know I said sleep on it, but like it's been a week. I need an answer. Give me an answer. And Christian's like, I didn't want to do this in the ring, but, uh, not only no, but fuck no. Your team's a hot mess. I don't want anything to do with that. I'm here to win championships. Thank you very much. <laughs> and Taz just goes off. He's like, I never liked you. I never liked your friend. Look, I have so much money. If I stood on my wallet, I'd be so much taller than you. Screw you. My boy is going to kill you now. There was a great joke by Christian, though, of like, Taz, I'm glad you're standing on those three steps so I can look you eye to eye. Yeah, which is what led to the wallet comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then we got a match. The bell never rang, but it's kind of set up like a AEW-style squash match where Powerhouse Hobbs just gets in the ring and fucks up Christian Cage. Yeah. This is going to be a fun little feud of Team Taz versus Cage. Yeah.
But mm-hmm. we have a, some some announcements for next week. We have Tay versus Sheeta for the title. Who boy? Is that? Are they gonna just have title matches open every show for a little bit? That would be insane. I don't know if it's gonna open. I'd like it to be the main event. If like, uh, mm. we're gonna get an official Hobbs versus Cage match. Uh, we're also mm. gonna get Starks versus Hangman and Trent versus Penta. Ooh, be good. yes. But Tay versus, like, out of those matches, Tay versus Shida as the main event. Mm-hmm. I would not mind. I would not. You know. Mind. As much as I love Sheeta, I would not mind a title change. No. Because you could protect Sheeta and keep the big um the big Britt Baker versus um Sheeta match off for a little longer, maybe save it for all outs and then have um like and and I'm not trying to throw mess at Tay here, but have Tay be a transitional champion to Britt for a little bit and then maybe have Hikaru disappear for tv for a little while and then come back super swole and and be like i'm taking back my belt that could very much be interesting i also throwing in thunder rosa and instead of having sheeta which those matches sheeta Britt baker thunder rosa have been done but changing sheeta for take Conte would be a fun little mix-up to that whole triple feud yeah hell yeah uh, have we had a triple threat for the women's title yet? No, I don't think we've had a triple threat for any title yet. Well, you know that's a that's a thing that I I was very I was made very accustomed to loving back when I watched NXT. So wouldn't be opposed to them doing that here. Yep, 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 yep. But that's a lot. That's a lot for next week. It's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Then we got the main event of Big Money Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen for the TNT Championship in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Um, this was pretty good. However, it never got as insane as I thought it was going to. No. It had a cool ending, but it didn't quite live up to the hype that you get from seeing the words Matt Hardy and Falls Count Anywhere next to each other. I th- I understand that, but also, like, it's not billed as a hardcore match. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, because that's kind of, I feel the difference. This is just false count anywhere. Yeah. Because, like, um, if you're gonna, if you're gonna divide it, I, like, that's, that's a regular match, false count anywhere, no DQ, death match, barbed wire death match. Yeah. And somewhere in there is unsanctioned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't a bad match. There was some solid stuff. I thought it really got going, though, as soon as we got the interference from the Hardy family office, which led to uh, Sting and the Dark Order coming out, which then led to Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page coming out and Lance Archer coming out and Sting being just like, yo, Darby here, literal torch pass. I'm going to go fight those guys backstage. That was great. That was great. But also, Darby lost the bat. Kind of like showing, like, just because he's the next step doesn't mean he's completely ready for it yet. Yeah. Like, that's a beautiful metaphor. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, also, I really enjoy, this is probably the first time we've had Sting on a Dynamite in a non-interrupted interview segment. 
That's true. Excuse me, it's late. <laughs> <laughs> it is late. Um, I'm sorry. We got started late because I was dealing with a uh, uh, a few IRL things. Perfectly understandable, man. But um, but the match does end with uh, Darby getting Matt up on the AEW commentary table, climbing up the truss, and then doing a coffin drop onto Matt, breaking the table. The first time I checked. The first time the commentary table has been broken in this company. Beautiful. And to give it to Darby is... To give it to Darby, the next generation, like, the next big thing in AEW, and Matt Hardy, the a, a hardcore legend to an extent. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily hardcore as, like, oh, thumbtacks and beating over chair, uh, people over the head with chairs, but more in, like, that... They did hardcore shit. Pushing your body and pushing the medium to more extreme places than people have gone before. Right. Because got to remember, Matt Hardy's one of the guys who pioneered ladder matches, and he's one of the guys who invented the TLC match. Man, all six of those guys. Two of them are in AEW right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, this, ugh, that spot was sold so well because it's, like, a beautiful, clean break with a little bit of the outside plastic stuff getting up in Matt's face. And then the commentary team, JR is straight up like, nah, I'm getting out of here. I've seen this too much. <laughs> and then, like... I've seen Matt um, Hardy on the table. I know what's going to happen here. And, like, Shivani is standing there trying to watch it with Excalibur. But I think they must have landed on a cable or something because his his mic stopped working and Excalibur had to close the show out by himself. It's fucking great. But also I love the camera work because the cameras just focus on Matt Hardy and everybody's going like, where the fuck did Darby go? And then someone goes like, oh my god, Darby, no. And the camera just zoop up mm-hmm. the truss and you just see him climbing like it's fucking jackass. <laughs> he straight up looked like he was on the jungle gym. God damn. Oh, the mad lad. The mad lad went mm-hmm. mad. And one great thing that that uh also came out of this besides Darby retaining and getting getting that Matt Hardy rub. Uh did you see what Sammy Guevara tweeted about the match? No. Ooh, that looked nasty. Good good luck healing up. I hope to see you around, Turtle Man. And he posted the picture of the I Like Turtles kid. Excellent. Excellent. They're setting up a Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen feud. Let's go! Excellent. Babyface versus Babyface feud is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. But hey, AEW Dynamite was a bomb like always. Yeah. Uh, it definitely opened stronger than it finished, I thought. Yeah. But it was still pretty solid. I, I, it, it it opened really strong. It had not like a not like a dip was, and you're like, oh, it got it became shit. But it went from A to B. It went back up to A with the Jericho thing. Back down to B for the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. And then like up to a B plus with that ending. Yeah, yeah. And it's fine. Not every show has to be an A plus all the way through. No. And all sometimes it's preferred because he's just like you don't want your heart beating out of your chest. Definitely. But this was that week in wrestling. <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? 
<laughs> I'm doing. I'm taking your podcast thing. Apparently, yeah. Uh, what the hell, man? You're infringing on my gimmick. <laughs> uh, so, how did you like this week in wrestling? Uh, I thought it was pretty all right. I generally had a good week up until the last few hours. Yeah, but for every uh, dark cloud, there is a silver lining. That being, mm-hmm. they may get to do some dope shit in July. And I mean, unlike the last round, there might there's probably actually going to be an independent scene come July. Yeah, very much so. Very much very very de, very de much so. <laughs> but that was MMWP for this week. So, Vac Tell the people where they can find you. Alright, everybody, I am the Vacuuminator. I'm a YouTuber who has done many different things, vlogs, toy reviews, media analysis. I'm currently on hiatus from solo content, but if you want, you can check out my backlog at youtube.com slash thevacuuminator. That's spelled T-H-E-V-A-C-U-U-M-I-N-A-T-O-R. I also do a couple different shows on this channel. I'm uh, currently the host of This Week in Toku or Twit with myself and Miriam of Bustercore, a weekly show running down all the latest episodes and news from the world of live-action Japanese special effects uh, shows. And uh, I'm also on our comics and specifically Marvel-focused podcast, the No Prize Podcast, alongside uh, that guy over there. And I'm on social media. You can find me on Twitter at The Vacuuminator and on Instagram at The Underscore Vacuuminator, where I post action figure photography every workday. Nice, nice. Hey, howdy, howdy. I'm Chris Boyer Radagast, and I make video essays and editorials on the YouTube. You can find my channel at Boingo Writer. I'm also on the social medias at Boingo Writer, at Boingo underscore Writer on Twitter and the Instagram. And as always, you can join my Discord server. A link to that is in the description. But that's it for tonight. As always, you can like, comment, subscribe on our YouTube channel. Follow us on follow us where you listen to your podcast and get it there. Uh, and join our subreddit where you can talk about individual episodes, individual videos that we make on our own personal channels, or just a variety of topics that we talk about on a normal basis. So go hang over to r slash modular media to go uh, go get some upvotes. Hells yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, Vac, any final words? Uh... You know what? Uh, it's it's normally said as kind of an ironic thing, but I genuinely wish everyone the best of luck on their future endeavors. I just remembered there was, they did that joke in this episode. Mm-hmm. Tony Schiavone said to Britt Baker, "Well, I I wish you luck on your future endeavors." Yep, that was funny. Adam uh, Cole did not get hard. And uh, you know what? Also, uh, just to just to do the flip side of that. Uh, to quote us out on a on a really strong note, uh, I'd like to read off a, a tweet from Seminole Wrestling Accounts. Um, if I can get to it, r slash the underscore Iron Sheik or at slash the underscore Iron Sheik. Fuck the future endeavors. Fuck the future endeavors.